All right, you guys ready? Yep. All right. You're listening to the Tomorrow Today podcast with Kyle Kaplanis. Don't FOMO right. out. That's right. the biggest mistake in this space right now with FOMO. And Duke McKenzie. That's just crazy, right? It's like it's insane. like conversations with thought leaders, experts, influencers, culture shapers, discussing all things innovative, groundbreaking creative developments evolving digital markets. The podcast for those who are curious about what is next. Social media, Web3, NFTs, the metaverse, all the things you need to know about to start planning tomorrow's success today. All right, everybody. Welcome to Tomorrow Today. I am Duke McKenzie, and we got our co-host, Kyle Kaplanis. How you doing, Kyle? I'm doing well, Duke. Excited (laughs) for another episode. Kyle, we're going to do something a little different today. We're going to switch up the script because even though, even though you are a co-host, you are tomorrow today's special guest because we were supposed to be at VidCon together Mm -hmm. and I ended up getting sick. It wasn't COVID. Apparently there are other coronaviruses out there. I had the flu, the normal flu and whatever, and it knocked me out. But this was the first VidCon in I think over two years. There's three. In three years, right? There's been a shift in all these things. We promised the people to share some thoughts and what was going on. And you are the messenger to the people of sharing thoughts (laughs) and all that stuff. So just start off summarizing. VidCon, just summarize it again. What is VidCon? VidCon, again, as an easy definition of it, is creators, brands, and fans all coming together under one roof. That's really the simplistic definition of what VidCon is. Yeah. And, and when it started and when I started going and all that stuff, it used to be the types of creators that generated the most attention were probably YouTubers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, sure. and, and, and all of those things, like when we'd go. So when you went, just give an overview of like when you went, talk about the creators. What did you see from the creators there? Anything interesting? How was fan engagement? We'll love your thoughts. So this year was a little bit different. What I noticed was there wasn't a lot of creators amongst the audience of the fans. So what I mean by that is the year before COVID 2019, the TikTok creators that were emerging were not invited guests, right? So they were everywhere. They were rampant in the general areas where fans could collaborate. But this year, a lot of them were brought in as featured creators and there was a different place that they had to be. VidCon was not allowing them to mingle. So let me ask you a question. With this year, uh, were most of the featured creators TikTokers? Or was it a mix or what did you see? Like when you say featured creator, what does it mean to be a featured creator? Featured creator is somebody who was invited by VidCon. They have a meet and greet time for their fans to come, or some of them are invited to speak on stage, things like that. I would actually say that majority of the creators that were invited this year were TikTokers. It looked that way when you look at the advertising materials and everything along those lines. And so different, like this year, all the big talkers, all the future creators were in like a special VIP area. And then, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's in Anaheim in the Disney area, right? Where Mm -hmm. we're in the Hilton Hotel and stuff. What were the fans doing when they were just walking in the crowd over the weekend? Were they looking for creators or were they trying to engage with the brand? What were they doing? So there was a mix, right? There was a lot of them looking for creators because a lot of them come there to try to get a photo with them or be able to do something cool with them. But inside the convention hall at the Anaheim Convention Center, there was a lot of booths set up like Paramount, 
Amazon Prime, you know, Squashermellows, like all of those had their booths and they were very interactive with their audiences. The Squashermellows booth had a human claw machine. They were hooking people up to a, a harness system and lowering them into this giant like claw machine and the person get to pick a prize. That's so cool. There was a lot of really cool brands getting together with their fans. Do you think yeah. that like this year compared to other years, were the brand activations better than previous years? Like the brands were the star of the show or what um, do you think? I would think that they were pretty much the same, but mm-hmm. I do have to say that you could feel the energy of the competition between short form platforms. So the first year there was zero competition, but now everybody's competing for short form. So what I noticed big time was YouTube shorts got a lot of attention this year. They created a whole outside drive through setup, which was really cool. And they drove around in really cool golf carts and people got to jump on it. They got to go through the experience and then YouTube shorts selected. I don't remember how many creators, but maybe 20 or 30 creators they selected. And each of those creators uniquely designed their own snack. And they were all packaged with that creator's face on it. It was actually really cool. That's a cool execution. It was really cool. What creators were involved? Do you remember off the top of your head? Most of them were YouTube creators, yeah. which, you know, would make sense for YouTube. Yeah. They were mostly all YouTube creators. Some of them have a TikTok following, like Ben of the Week and, and something like that. But I thought that was really cool. It showed that YouTube is paying attention to their creators and also that they're paying attention to what their fans enjoy and want to interact with. Also, Mr. Beast, we all know Mr. Beast, he's killing it on YouTube. A part of that YouTube short setup, he also had this giant um, gumball machine where people can win prizes. And was he there? Yeah, he did. He showed okay, up. He was there. Okay. We got to go through it, myself, Emily, and my younger one, Jesse, and we actually won some really s- sweet prizes. So Jesse won a, a Nintendo Switch. Oh, that's cool. Your daughter. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I won a retro old school Game Boy, which was super cool. And then Emily won a Mr. Beast hoodie. So it was really cool, actually. That's cool. I'm doing a quick search. I believe that YouTube Shorts now has 1.5 billion subscribers, and I believe that it's neck and neck with TikTok, which is yeah. interesting. Of, of the like you mentioned, that everyone is heating up, competing yep. for the short form content. It, it's funny. We had a conversation about it. I've been doing some content about it, about how short form content is the future for the foreseeable future for creators or foreseeable future for brands and everything. Mm-hmm. Short form content is the future of content right now. It's interesting that YouTube was known predominantly as a long form platform, how they flipped the script and really pushed that this year. And you know what else is funny? And you mentioned this before. I'd love you to talk to the crowd. So TikTok sponsored the whole event, right? Mm -hmm. You mentioned that they were not engaged in the crowd as much as YouTube or others, right? hundred percent. What I saw from them was they had this giant TikTok logo, the little music note. It was really cool. It had videos playing from TikTok. And then the banner on the building was like all TikTok, right? Because they're the sponsor. But inside they had no TikTok booth for the general public. Mm-hmm. They only had a really cool TikTok activation center for the, the creators that were featured creators that could get in there. But other than that, they had a few people passing out little bracelets, which I thought was cute. But to me, if I could rank them, YouTube shorts stood out a hundred percent. Then TikTok, maybe with their advertising and then meta. Well, how did Meta know, do? Because right? God knows they are persistent and they keep pushing. How was their stuff? Their stuff was only limited to featured creators. So there was nothing I saw that was for they were all, fan engagement. Yeah, they were all, they had a really cool pool set up outside, but it was more meetings for creators themselves. Maybe like they're the trying public. to get more creators to treat yeah. it like a platform to create on because they have to reinvent themselves as well because mm-hmm. you know, there's the Instagram star and everything along those lines, but 
Instagram is a product now that's like 15 years old or something right. like that. They're trying with their Reels product to focus on short form and, and things along those lines. It's interesting mm. that they spent most of their time trying to engage creators. Yeah. Which, which is interesting, right? Yeah. And what other brands did you see there when you're walking around? You spent a lot of time talking about the uh, publishers. You saw the TikTok engagement, the YouTube short engagement, the meta engagement. You mentioned that Paramount was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon what, Prime. Amazon Prime. What, are, what other brands do you remember being there when you were walking um, around? So there was, a, there was quite a few. And interesting, there was a few booths that were run by the creators themselves, which caught my attention. Oh, really? Like, yeah, what were they so, doing there? So, like. There was a creator, Call Me Chris, who's a really large creator. She's actually a Canadian creator, but she's huge. And one of the most popular ones there, she drew in a lot of crowds. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she had a booth that was selling merch, selling a beverage product that's released. And it was a popular booth. The line was just as big for that as I saw for some of these bigger ones. So to me, that was a really clear indication of, whoa, creators are also brands, right? Right, right. Um, some people might walk by and not think twice about it, but me, I was like, holy K. Like that's a big is, deal. So she, she exactly. that, that particular creator acted just like one of the sponsors and just like one of them got a booth to 100%. say, okay, this is how I'm going to launch my products. This is how I'm going to get more exposure, more attention and to move that forward. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's interesting. Now this year, what's been interesting, uh, there's always one creator who's the most popular, either the king or queen or something like that of a particular social media platform. So right now, even though YouTube's pushing up there, Instagram's pushing up there and all that type of stuff, TikTok is still the social media platform that gets most attention and is the most forward-looking and getting the most buzz. There was a bit of a change where the largest TikTok in the world up until two weeks ago was a young lady by the name of Charlie D'Amelio, and she got unseated And now the largest TikTok in the world is a creator by the name of Cabby Lame. And full disclosure, we do some work with Cabby Lame and all those to all the listeners out there. But he surpassed Charlie D'Amelio to be the largest TikTok creator in the world. Yeah. And not only past her, but he's flying past her now. I don't even think she can catch his dust cloud. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. It's insane. There was a lot of interesting things about that because for one, the first ever most followed creator also to be a black creator who passes a perfectly girl next door American. Right. Right. Like, right. That's right. A big deal. And it's interesting because Cabby lame is the first black creator to be the most followed black creator on any social media platform. So yeah. that's an interesting milestone. Yeah. And then the other thing, which is interesting is that TikTok took a lot of grief uh, when it launched because all of the creators who got the most financial benefit, who became the largest, all had a similar profile. They all look like Charlie D'Amelio, Addison Ray, right. and nothing against them. I love them all. I think they're great. Totally. They're wonderful. And it was funny. And one of the big criticism was the music, the content, the dancing and all that seems to be fueled by African-American and black creators. Mm-hmm. But for the longest time, there was not one black creator in the top 100. Like that was born on TikTok. What they would do is they would point out Jason Derulo or Will Smith or or Kevin Hart, but they're not born on TikTok creators. They're they're famous in something else and they ported their audience over. It's just fascinating that not only is Cabby the first black, he was born in Senegal, immigrated to Italy when he was two years old, grew up in Italy, and he's a global character. He is the most popular creator in America, the most popular creator in Europe, the most popular creator everywhere. It's just interesting that after all that criticism that TikTok had, the face of the platform now 
is Cabby Lame, which is a black creator, which is one of the most followed people on earth now. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I have to give a lot of credit to his ideas are so smart. It's taking already popular videos, adding his own unique twist to him without the use of word which speaks the global language. Brilliant. And it's funny because you watched him grow. Again, it's not that, like I said, I love them all. I support all creators that there's some great creators, but there's a group of creators that are easy to cheer for. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, we work with our creator, Alex Stemp. He's a wonderful creator. He was on the show. He's a very easy creator to cheer for because he works on making other people go viral, other people getting famous, right? Uh, We work with a creator named Michael Lee. Michael Lee is in the top 10 on TikTok, 50 something million followers, great dancer, but also businessman. And he's very easy to cheer for, right? Like he works mm-hmm. so hard and all, all of those types of things. And Kevin is one of those creators is in, you feel good. He's very easy to cheer for, right? He works hard. He has a great story and he speaks the universal language that everybody else, like making people feel good and all of those things. And you understand why he took the number one spot. Yeah. Absolutely. I got a chance to meet with him and hang out with him. And I have to admit, there's a lot of people that are like, how are these creators in real life? He is so charming, so funny, so humble, absolutely sweet with his fans. And I I take my hat off to him for being just a genuine, really nice guy. And I love that about him. Yeah, no, that's interesting. So he was the king of social media now. What's interesting as we leave our last couple of thoughts on VidCon. Now, it could be that I was sick. And I was stuck in my bed that I didn't notice as much, but I normally have all the alerts and all the news and all the stuff. And it seemed like it didn't make as big of a splash this year Mm -hmm. as it did in previous years. What are your thoughts on that? 100%. It was really quiet. Typically Friday and Saturdays are really busy. Saturday was like dead. So a little bit of my theory with that is whoever's on their team to decide who are the featured creators or who are the creators to bring. If you went through their list, I would have probably picked different creators, to be honest. There was a lot that if you looked at their meet and greet lines, there were some creators who didn't have a single fan in their line. Right, um, right, right. And maybe they're just not as relevant or maybe they should have figured out what fans can draw in a lot more excitement. And again, I think the first couple of days were busy, but because of the creators were so segregated and they had to be like, they weren't, they were told they couldn't come to the regular areas. I think a lot of fans were just a little bit disappointed that they couldn't, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, one, one, one of the things, one of the things that people like about social media creators is they feel closer to them than a regular celebrity and mm-hmm. they're more accessible, right? Like yeah. they're m- real people. And I remember in the past, yes, there were some segregated, air, but it was more of the creators would walk and mingle with the regular people. But then if they yeah. needed a break, then they would go yes. to the separated area. One of the things, and this is how you bring fandom and especially for born on TikTok creators, they have not had a chance to because they all started coming on the rise during the pandemic. One of the things that builds fandom and that people find really cool are these serendipitous connections. Like you're walking by and you snap a pic of your favorite creator walking to this line. That used to be the old beauty cons. When beauty con was a thing, there was this young lady by the name Bethany Moda, who was the biggest at the time, like most popular, but they would all still be available But when they Mm -hmm. wanted a break or they wanted an area or whatever, they would mingle with the rest of the people. But when they wanted a break, they would go into a special area. So one of the things that might be happening is being that this is all user generated and creators fans want to connect with them. There needs to be more interaction. That's not maybe so scheduled that like more serendipitous interaction. Absolutely. Because we had two of our creators that, you know, I got to a chance to hang out with as well and experience some of the 
convention with, which was Ella Watkins, one of mm. our great creators, and also Mason Denver. Yeah. And I got to hang out with those two. And it was so fun to see. I'm talking hundreds, hundreds of people asked them for photos and got and we just kind of come up to them right like yeah yeah. absolutely and And that's what builds mm -hmm. those serendipitous connections and all those things that's what builds fandom and that's what makes a cool event yes right the reason why you go to vidcon is because you want to mingle and see your favorite creators your favorite social media stars and have access to them and if it's only you see them talk or you can't go take random pics or you don't see them walking by in the hall or out on the grounds that's not what they want with the way that the world is today and and all that type of stuff i know you have to be a certain way for an abundance of caution but Mm -hmm. that's not it's more grassroots that's what the people want Exactly. And and to be honest, from the creative standpoint, it was really cool over there on the creators area was really dope. But a lot of the creators were really disappointed that they didn't get a chance to get photos because through the pandemic, it was difficult to meet and greet with fans. This is the first time time. that they met fans. Yeah, they were like, they wanted that adrenaline. It's been over two years for a lot of these TikTok, right? They have not been able to. Yeah. But anyway, you know what? It is easy to be a Monday morning quarterback because I've never hosted a VidCon and and whatever. There's a lot going on. It's funny. I was sitting tracking the news and all those things. There wasn't a lot of talking about it. There was talk about Cabby becoming number one. There was excitement around that but even from the creators that were there the ones that seemed to got the most out of it were the ones like ella like you said that are walking the crowd those are the ones that seem to enjoy it the most absolutely so true as we wind down calcoplanus do you have any final thoughts or that you'd like to leave people with about vidcon or to sum it all up yeah, we dabble into all different kinds of things. And I wanted to just throw in a little Web3 into this mix. Of course. Was, of course. Um, it was of very, course very interesting. Of course, you have to throw in some Web3. <laughs> Mr. Web3 guy, go ahead. Web3 guy. Web go ahead. guy. What I found interesting was there was a couple really big NFT booths. They had that thing there where you could do that 360 picture and claim an NFT, which was fun. That, that key was really big. And interesting enough, like Mini Brands was there, the brand called Mini Brands. And inside their display, they had little Bitcoins. And I thought that was interesting. And then upstairs in the North Hall, there was a couple other NFT booths that are looking to help creators create their own projects and things like that. And funnily enough, I talked to the guy. I said, hey, has anybody even come and ask you questions? And he said, I think we're too early. And I'm like, <laughs> you can never be too early. You, you, can got, never said, be you too guys early. should be so excited yeah. that you're this early. Yeah, Like yeah. that's insane. I feel like the next one, they're either going to have to figure out who the real relevant talent are that can drive fandom. And two, I think that there's going to be more NFT related things in the future. That makes sense. Those are two good points. Let's wrap it up there. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to tomorrow today. Please rate and subscribe this podcast. Kyle, thanks for being a co-host and being a guest today. Thanks, Dave. All right. Make sure you give this podcast a follow. Follow, follow, follow. (laughs) And we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening to the Tomorrow Today podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to follow us on social media at Project Z Talent. That's P-R-J-T-Z Talent. And stay tuned next week for more of the Tomorrow Today podcast. Because shaping your tomorrow starts today.